Chapter Five of Little Meg's Children by Hespa Stretton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Five: Little Meg's Neighbor. When their feast was over, the children sauntered on slowly, not wishing to enter Angel Court till it was dark enough for Robin's and Baby's finery to pass by unseen. But as soon as it was dark, they turned out of the main thoroughfare into the dingy streets more familiar to them as they entered the house meg heard the deep gruff voice of mr grigg calling to her and she went into his room trembling and holding the baby very tightly in her arms it was a small room the same size as their own attic and the litter and confusion throughout it made it impossible to go more than a step or two mr grigg was seated at a stained wooden table upon which stood two large cups and a black bottle of gin with a letter lying near to mr grigg's large and shaking hand Coming in from the fresh air of the night, Meg coughed a little with the mingled fumes of gin and tobacco, but she coughed softly for fear of giving offence. "'Here's a letter come for your mother, little Meg,' said Mr. Grigg, seizing it eagerly. "'I'll read it to you if you like.' "'Oh, no thank you, sir,' answered Meg quickly. "'Father's coming home, and he'll read it to-morrow morning, if his ship's in the river, and it'll be in dock to-night for certain, so he'll be here to-morrow.' Upon hearing this news, Mr. Grigg thought it best to deliver up the letter to Meg, but he did it so reluctantly that she hurried away lest he should reclaim it. Robin was already halfway upstairs, but she soon overtook him, and a minute afterwards reached their own door. She was about to put the baby down to take out the key, when almost without believing her own eyes she saw that it was in the lock, and that a gleam of firelight shone through the chinks of the door. Meg lifted the latch with a beating heart and looked in before venturing to enter. The fire was lighted, but there seemed to be no other disturbance or change in the attic since the morning, except that in her mother's low chair upon the hearth there sat a thin, slight woman, like her mother, with the head bowed down and the face hidden in the hands. Meg paused, wonder-stricken and speechless on the door-sill, but Robin ran forward quickly with a glad shout of, "'Mother! Mother!' At the sound of Robin's step and cry, the woman lifted up her face. It was a white, thin face, but younger than their mother's, though the eyes were red and sunken, as if with many tears, and there was a gloom upon it, as if it had never smiled a happy smile. Meg knew it in an instant as the face of the tenant of the back attic, who had been in jail for six weeks, and her eyes searched anxiously the dark corner under the bed where the box was hidden. It seemed quite safe and untouched, but still Meg's voice was troubled as she spoke. "'I thought I'd locked up all right,' she said, stepping into the room, while Robin took refuge behind her, and regarded the stranger closely from his place of safety. "'Aye, it was all right,' answered the girl. "'Only, you see, my key'd unlock it, and I felt cold and low coming out of jail to-day, and I'd no coal or bread nor nothing, so I came in here and made myself comfortable.' "'Don't you be crusty, little Meg. "'You'd be the same if you'd been locked up for six weeks. "'I wish I were dead, I do.' "'The girl spoke sadly and dropped her head again upon her hands "'while Meg stood in the middle of the floor, "'not knowing what to do or say. "'She sat down after a while upon the bedstead "'and began taking off the baby's things, "'pondering deeply all the time what course of action she ought to follow. "'She could place herself so as to conceal completely the box under the bed,' but if the girl's key would unlock her attic door, how was she ever to leave it for a moment in safety? Then the thought flashed across her that father would be home to-morrow, and she would no longer have to take care of the hidden treasure. 
in the meantime robin had stolen up to the stranger's side and after closely considering her for some moments he stroked her hand with his own small fingers i thought you were mother i did he said it's my birthday to-day for one instant the girl looked at him with a smile in her sunken eyes and she lifted him on to her lap and laid her face upon his curly head sobbing bitterly little meg she said your mother spoke kind to me once and she's dead and gone i wonder why i wasn't took instead of her meg's tender heart closed itself no longer against the stranger she got up from her seat and crossing the floor to the fireside she put the baby down by robin on her lap you didn't ought to go into a person's room without asking leave she said but if you'll hold baby for me i'll soon get tea i've got a little real tea left and father'll buy some more to-morrow you mind the children till it's ready it was soon ready and they drank and ate together with few words meg was intent upon getting her weary children to bed as soon as possible and after it was over she undressed them at once before robin got into bed she addressed the girl hesitatingly robbie always says his prayers aloud to me she said you won't mind will you go on answered the girl with a sob robbie said meg as he knelt at her knee with his hands held up between both her hands robbie it's your birthday to-day and if i was you i'd ask god for something more than other days i'd ask him to bless everybody as well as us if i was you if everybody was good it'd be so nice yes meg replied robin promptly closing his black eyes before he began his prayer pray god bless father on the big sea and bless me and meg and baby and take care of us all pray god bless everybody cept the devil amen but robin did not get up from his knees he dropped his head upon meg's lap and when she moved he cried stop a minute meg waited patiently until he lifted up his face again and shutting his eyes very tightly said pray god bless everybody and the devil and make him a good man amen robbie said meg mournfully i don't think the devil can be made good he doesn't want to be good if anybody wants to be good god can make him good anybody in all the world but he won't if they don't want to robin was already half asleep and gave little heed to meg's words she tucked him snugly into his place beside baby and stooping over them kissed both their drowsy faces with a loving and lingering tenderness then she turned to the fire and saw the strange girl there upon her knees before her mother's chair weeping again in a passion of tears End of chapter five